welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. A new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I see your background. You finally home. How was your travels? It was travels. It was good. <laughs> you know, it was nice to be in the sun because we don't get sun in, in Seattle too often. So it was very nice to be in sun the entire time while I was in sunny California. Mm. So I really nice. like California. I really like visiting i wouldn't want to stay but i, I would agree. i like visiting i love visiting I what's your favorite city in california uh i mean i was like in various places so it was nice to see the diversity of california because i saw like mountains i saw valley i saw city you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying so i saw a lot of different parts it is a of huge california. state yeah so yeah part of it was a road trip so that was nice and um yeah, because that's something I would never see. And being from the Midwest, it's like, oh, yeah, it's right there. You know, Washington, Oregon, California is the entire West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really, uh, it would be like going from like Wisconsin or Chicago to like mm, DC or Philly. So oh, it wasn't, wow. you know, so putting it in that framework, it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is that. But yeah, it was, it was, all of it was, it was interesting just to see the diversity of the people, but also just the diversity. Cause a lot of people think California cities or like line country, but I saw so much more than that, you know? Gotcha. Um, so it was, it was interesting. Diversity in class, diversity in, you know, rural, urban, suburban. I saw just a mix of uh, California. Yeah. And at the end of the day, outside of the cities, it's just like anywhere else. Mm. I really love um, San Diego. I, it's just something about San Diego that, I, you know, of course, I love anything that's by the water. Um, but I just have so many fond memories in San Diego. Just going there, because that's the first place that I I went to um, where I was kind of alone. Not alone as in, like, um, by myself, but alone as in um, traveling by myself. Now, I was going there with people, but traveling by myself... My mom, when I was 11, 
um, I met my dad around. If if you listen to um, our very first ever episode of Marcia's Plate, the episode is called Daddy's Lessons. And I met my dad around 11 when, you know, this is a time when I love your smile. Yeah. Okay. Come um, on. It, it was, it was, what yeah. else? Shanice was out. What else was out? Um, yeah. Um, it's the era like baby, black, baby, black jeans, baby. purple turtlenecks and stuff. Yes, yeah. TLC was popping. <laughs> I got so much love yeah, in me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Uh, okay. Baby, baby, baby. Little crisscross. Yeah, uh, crisscross. A- yeah. ABC, ABC. All of that. Another even, bad creation. Even Tevin Campbell was <laughs> oh, yeah. um was popping in that time. Anyway, mm, it was around that Fresh time. Prince? Yes. <laughs> so it was fire. I yeah. loved it. I, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was the first time that I have ever been to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I, she let me travel from um, from Indianapolis on the Greyhound all the way wow. to by myself. On the Greyhound. <laughs> on the Greyhound. <laughs> that must have been a trip just it to be on the Greyhound. Tr- it was a trip, but because I was a kid, I don't think I could do it as an adult, of course. But as a yeah. kid, it was so it was exciting. Different level of resiliency. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a hurry. But being I on a bus that long. <laughs> being on the bus that long and dealing with people and, you know, but as a kid, it was just an adventure. And, then, mm-hmm. and so I, I loved it. It's the first time I was able to really see this country. Because yeah. if you, I remember we had already moved, we had moved to Boston in before this time. And oh, wow. so I had seen from Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Boston, Going you know, east. that area mm-hmm. in traveling. But this is the first time I got to go through like the Great Plains. No tolls. <laughs> <laughs> Great Plains or um, no tolls, definitely. Um, and and the desert area, mountain Mm. areas, like all these things that, um, geographically the United States had to offer. I got to see that. I had never been to Phoenix. I had never felt the sun that fucking hot. It was like 120 degrees in Phoenix when we got off the bus there. And I remember fainting. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes. I remember fainting when I got off the bus. It was so hot that I fainted. And wow. it was wild. Um, but then going to San Diego as a kid and and experiencing the culture there, like, you know, you, you probably relate in, um, in Indiana, honey, you got black and white, Mexican oh. and, and Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you know, wow. and when I say Mexican, that means all Latino folks. And when I say Chinese, that means all Asian all folks. Asian <laughs> folks. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, you know, uh, in my uncultured, ignorant days, that's what mm. you know. That's what we like. You know, if you got the eyes, you you Chinese. If you um, <laughs> if you kind of brown with the with the hair, you right, Mexican. Right, right, <laughs> that's right, just kind of right. ignorance that yeah. I kind of grew up in. And yeah. so going to California, where you really have just you know, Latinx people have really made a staple in, mm-hmm. in living there forever. And so coming and seeing I mean, the country. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so coming and you like, oh, people really out here speaking Spanish and people are really out here um um, you know, the food and you know really the indigenous folks. Yes yes, 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 yes. All of that. Yeah. So yeah. coming there when I was a kid and then going there when I was an adult, once I um, mm. you know, that's where you go and you can walk over to Mexico and get pumped and, and get your hormones mm-hmm. and get all your stuff. 
So mm-hmm. going there, right as there. An adult, mm-hmm. it was also a great time too because you're coming there and it's you're doing something that's change altering your body and it 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 changes your womanhood. How, can I ask how how close is the border? Like how like what kind of it's like there? It is there. It's like a 30 minute trolley ride. Oh wow. From downtown, um, from downtown um, San Diego to the border is like a thirty-minute trolley ride. Wow! Yeah, that, close. that very wow. close, like very close, like that. Now it's a little different now because you can't just get over in the border with your um, pass, with your um, um, birth certificate. You got to have your passport and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, but back in the day, you could just go and ha- as long as you had your birth certificate. And you could just you could just go across like it was it's harder to come back. But going, mm. it was like no tea. Like you you could just go <laughs> to Mexico like you could, it's nobody is standing right there. Like maybe some little guards or whatever yeah, um, to yeah. make sure people don't kind of cross over in another way. But but you can just go and you go over there and, you know, of course, it's just a whole you know, a city, like a little city. And mm-hmm. we was going to bars. We was walking around. What's the, was, what's the first city? It's Tijuana. It is Tijuana. It, that is right the there. first city. Oh, That's wow. right there. Yeah. Wow. Tijuana. <laughs> Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> you soon as you cross, you in Tijuana. Wow. Yeah. I, I always thought, you know, I was thought, you know, like you said, you don't know the region coming out where you're from. Whatever. And I always thought it was like a little bit, I don't know. I just didn't really imagine. I didn't really realize it was like, oh, yeah, you're there. Yeah, it is <laughs> right there. It's like going from Gary, Indiana to Chicago. Wow. That's, if you remember, that, that gives you contact. They got, that, they got, that, they got that, that McDonald's with that scary uh, driveway that's kind of on the highway. <laughs> so you know, when, you, <laughs> when I come right there, no, they don't have that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, too, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't see it. No, they have a fucking um, Jack in the Box. <laughs> Oh Lord! You go get People you some love, oh. about before you go. <laughs> uh, what else? Yeah, so that that's what I remember about California. So I've always uh, had fond memories coming back on the fucking um, train, and you got cotton balls on you because you done been pumped with silicone. Oh, oh. <laughs> and you wow. gotta stand up, and you don't want to sit down and smush your silicone. These oh, wow. are, you know, these yeah. are memories yeah. that I felt. That's that's a part of my growing up in a part of my transness and so mm-hmm. california that's what i think about when i think about california um and wow. then when i got older you know like in my 30s i would go to la and, and you know i would go to the bet awards i'd have been to the bet awards twice i've been oh, wow. to the oscars once and so oh, wow those wow yeah why are you saying all cats what i like you know, well, you know, I've been to the BET Awards. You know, I've, been <laughs> I've been to the Oscars. It ain't no thing. It ain't no thing. You said it, it like it, you, you said it like it was the Biden email. You said it like it was the White House email that everybody get. Now wait a minute. No, but when you learn how it all works, it isn't yeah. that hard to do. Like okay. they literally sell tickets to these things. Like you literally can get tickets. Now you won't be up there with the celebrity, you know, okay. down there on the floor. But yeah. now 
Now, when I went to the <laughs> Yo, 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 your whole disposition. Y'all can't see this, but uh, no, Diamond wait, said, wait, wait. said, now, now, it's <laughs> no, movements, okay, with her body. There, okay. There, there was a time <laughs> where my homeboy, who got tons of connections, who's in this, this in the, the industry, world, okay. the world, he did give us fire ass tickets to where Ray J was sitting behind me. The the, the, oh. the Randy everybody family was sitting behind me. There was a bunch of celebrities behind me. This is also how I met. Her mama um, didn't say nothing. No, they were just sitting there. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is the first time that um I met like Beverly um Beverly Johnson, Johnson. Model, le legendary model. <gasps> Uh, wow, we were in line together going to our seats, and that's the first time that I met her. And, wow. and and she was friends, she's friends with my friend who got us the tickets, and it opened up a, a line of communication between me and her, and she's cool. And she's actually one of the reasons, like even in the Bill Cosby scandal, you know, because he's Bill Cosby, you like, oh, do I want to believe this? Not do I want to believe it, I always believed it. But what solidified my belief was Beverly. It it, yes. it, it was mm. Beverly mm. because I I I don't know no know her. She ain't one of my besties, but I've had conversations with her, and and it it just I just knew like this is somebody that I know enough to where oh she's not lying like she's uh -huh. she is she's telling the truth about her experience and so uh -huh. anyway that's that's when it was one time that i was like oh these is the seats the seats <laughs> now the second time i went it was like the nosebleeds we all the way in the back we could see it but it's like uh uh or whatever but um but yeah these are my memories of california and then recently going to um, San Francisco more often and getting to know the activists there and getting to know the history of San Diego, I mean, San Francisco, um, <laughs> and that being a rich history of queer history. And um, yes, you know, one of the even pre Stonewall happenings. Of right. our culture. Yeah, and so with the, the Compton, cafeteria the Compton cafeteria. Yeah. Yeah. Those things. I just yeah. have just very fond memories over my life of California. So I, I really love California. I don't think I could live there. I could, but I, you know, I, I like visiting. I don't want to really visit. I was, I mean, first of all, that sounds amazing. All your adventures in California. Let's just start it, it here. Was. Okay. You got <laughs> okay. From childhood to adulthood. Um, yeah. I, my final destination in California was Oakland. I didn't mm -hmm. get a chance to make it. I've been a, I've been to San Francisco and I've been to both San Francisco and Oakland in the past. But you definitely can see the gentrification that's happening okay. like in real time. But they still got, you know, black people, brown people are still there. Asian folks are still there. It's not like Seattle where it's like this mm -hmm. is post apocalyptic. <laughs> it's a different different level out here. But uh, that was interesting to see. But it was nice to see. uh black people like way more black people than i normally see because i live in seattle that was very you know nice <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> like you know what i mean and then you know and even hearing folks from the same part of the diaspora that i'm in felt nice you know i heard yeah. something <laughs> tell you real quick a little fight went outside i was trying to what the fuck what the fuck why are you parking my parking but i said oh shit. and i'm like getting my friends <laughs> you hear uh 
nah, but you know, you know, you 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 want some bullshit for that because you could tell they know each other, right? Like this sounds like some cousins fighting or something like that. Next thing you know, you hear, bam, smashed out the car. Went and why you gotta do that? I thought we was yeah, but you know, it, but that's as far as it escalated, right? You it knew just, it was it, your it, people. It, yeah, it just it it just felt so familiar. I just was like. Oh, so these must this must be fan. You know, I'm reading kind of like the Will Smith stuff. Like we we're seeing our governance structure at work, right? We're not talking about the world and what they see. What I'm hearing outside with these two women outside was the governance structure at work within our community. <laughs> I said, okay, this is familiar right here, you know. And I could tell my friend was like, oh, it's, no, no, they fine, they fine, because it's not because I'm hearing what you don't hear. They know each other in between the lines, and all this other stuff is happening. But yeah, that 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 was one of the highlights. And <laughs> I said, oh, oh, I actually have never been to um, <laughs> like outside. I've been to Oakland, but I haven't been to um, like like go to eat in Oakland. I went to like an event in Lots Oakland. Lots of great food there. Yeah, yeah. I never been to Oakland and went out like to eat and see the vibe of the people. I went to an event there, and it was just kind of. Over, I don't want to say overly scheduled, but it was just a lot of scheduled shit. So I didn't really have time mm-hmm. to explore. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I w- I do want to go to Oakland and kind of explore and eat. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to your point, I think this was my first. This was my first time being there that wasn't like work related, like at a conference or something like that. So it really was my first time just being in Oakland. Yeah. And it's really small. So it's San Francisco. Yes, it it's only like three hundred some thousand people. Yeah. You know, but. um yeah, it's it was it was it, it's it definitely is expensive, but it's nice to see progressive black spaces, progressive brown spaces, uh, where you know it's mostly us, you know, yeah. um, leading those conversations. Like it's one of the most progressive cities, more progressive than Seattle, and it might still be majority people of color. Mm, uh, so you know, so. or maybe not. No, no, no. Uh, Oakland. Oh, okay. Shout out to California. Oh, if yeah. you're from Cali, I know we got a lot of um Cali folks that listen. If you're from Cali, we love yeah. y'all. And yeah, you know, you know, thank you for supporting Marsha's play. Yeah. And thank you for the sun. <laughs> Amen. Seriously. California dream, man. Okay. <laughs> All the leaves are brown, okay. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now listen, I know that what is basic Trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. Sugars, this is a trigger warning. I am going to be discussing the deaths of Matthew Shepard and James Byrd to talk about the Shepard Byrd Hate Crime Act. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about a little bit of brutality just for a little bit, just to give a summary of some stories, you know, history. So the Matthew Shepard James Byrd Hate Crime Act seems to be quite mm, ineffective. 
especially here in Texas. The teeny number of successful prosecution leaves both victims and lawmakers and me (laughs) questioning the state's commitment to punishing hate crimes. They literally can have text message, video recording, and even they mama's testimony saying that they said, we hate you, nigger ass faggot, and they still won't be charged with a hate crime. (laughs) So when I say ineffective, I really mean these motherfuckers is playing in our face. But I digress, this is Trans 101, so I'm just gonna give you some backstory on the act, just for educational purposes. Matthew Shepard was a 21-year-old student at the University of Wyoming. He was brutally attacked and tied to a fence in a field outside of Laramie, Wyoming, and left to die. Yep, left to die. After being beaten, tortured, and tied to a barbed wire fence in the middle of nowhere. Six days later, when police found him, miraculously, he was still alive. He had a skull fracture and blood was all over his face. And the only part of his face that they could see was where the tears washed the blood away. On October the 12th, Matthew succumbed to his wounds in the hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado. The two homophobic bitch-ass clowns that did this to Matthew Shepard was caught convicted of murder and sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. I'm all for prison abolition, but until we get there, I'm glad these motherfuckers is in there. The second victim that this act was named after is James Byrd. James Byrd was a 49 year old man who accepted a ride in the summer of 1998 from three white boys that he knew from town a 31-year-old racist asshat clown, and two 23-year-old racist asshat clowns to join him. Join him in killing a black man. Instead of taking Bird home, the three white men decided to be racist, murderous killers. And oh, what fun it is to ride in a racist's pickup truck. They took James Bird to a remote country road, beat him severely, sprayed his face with spray paint, urinated and defecated on him and chained him by his ankles to their pickup truck before dragging him for about three miles. So as you can tell, this isn't that high tech bullshit that Clarence Thomas was talking about. This is a good old fashioned lynching right here. But even so, one of the boys claims that James Bird's throat was slashed before they even started to drag him. But forensic evidence suggests that Bird was actually alive during half of the dragging. The autopsy suggests that Bird only died around halfway through the route of the dragging. When his arm and his head severed from his body when they hit a culvert. All three of these KKK clowns was convicted of murder. Two of them was convicted with the penalty of death. Capital punishment is never great until it's great. Sometimes folks just got to go, y'all. I'm sorry. They just got to go. So these horrific crimes, the murder of Matthew Shepard and James Byrd, led to the Shepard and Byrd Hate Act. It was signed into law by the Obama administration in 2009. Remember, they got murdered in 1998. So it took about a little over 10 years 
Fast forward to eight years later in 2017, where the first man who murdered a trans woman was convicted under this act, Joshua Vallum. After killing his girlfriend, Mercedes Williamson, because his homeboys found out that she was trans, confronted him about it. He lied and said that he didn't know. But come to find out, he actually did know that she was trans. He was in a relationship with her for two years. Met her mom and her sister, just like the loving boyfriend that he should have been. But instead, he decides to kill her instead of growing some fucking balls and loving a woman openly and freely. No, that would be too easy. You had to have your friend's balls in your mouth, forcing you to protect your reputation and killing the girl that you've been fucking on the down low for two years. Hashtag boycott DL men. Cause these niggas don't give a fuck about you and will kill you just to save face. Now, let me point out something. I'm gonna be playing the race card. And I always play the race card because it's like the big joker. I slim it down, I'm always get a book. This case of Mercedes Williamson's murder is the first case that we actually got a trans woman's murder where their, their murderer was convicted using this hate crime act. Isn't that amazing? But what's also amazing is that she's white. Of all the trans women who have been murdered since 2009, like a big ass percentage, like, like in the 90% are dark skinned black trans women. And the one that gets a conviction using this hate crime bill is a white girl from Mississippi. So this motherfucking act is not effective. It's a fucking joke because it's not being utilized for the people who is most victimized by hate. Black people, black women, black LGBT people, black trans people, black trans women, dark skinned black trans women. Do you get it? Do you get the frustration and the ridiculousness of how the system is fucking racist and sexist and it just doesn't work out for us? There has only been 44 convictions using the Matthew Shepard James Bird Act. Four in Texas, even though we have the highest number of deaths out of all states since the act was enacted. I guess the act was only intended for white queer folks and cishet black men, which makes sense because like in Dave Chappelle's world, black queer people don't exist. And this is Trans 101. God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron 
why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter anything helps please do i have to play sarah mclaughlin and show you puppies like what do i have to do do i have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money <laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show so uh for y'all that do not know i was minding my own business this week and was i don't know i was taking a nap i wasn't was taking a nap or something i look up and all of a sudden i see president biden on the tv and he was doing a speech for um trans day of visibility and i was I, at first i was like oh not my turn stay you know i mean i think it's great you know symbolic is symbolic real is real um how do how does it free us but i did find myself especially in light of all that's going on right now um you know really engaged with with his speech and really actually grateful to hear the president for what it's worth um acknowledge trans folks acknowledge the bs that's happening with the legislation across the country acknowledge uh, that, you know, we belong in the country. We belong in all the things he did say. Y'all belong in the military. And I was like, well, not me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was really powerful. And uh, so at first there's that piece. But then after doing a little bit of more research, there's actually a some more teeth in what he was saying. Um, and so some of the things that they are doing is uh beyond just having the president come out and say i acknowledge trans people these pieces of legislation targeting trans people and trans children uh is problematic um but they also have some things that they're going to be rolling out so starting in april um april 11th it is april my bad so folks will be able to select x on as a gender marker option on their u.s passport application and then the option will become available for other forms of documentation next year according to the secretary of state anthony blinken in addition folks will be able to select and add gender to their u.s social security cards without medical documentation beginning in the fall now currently they your social security card does not include a gender marker but the option will be available um but yeah so they said they want to ease travel they want to provide resources for children and their families to improve access to federal services and benefits and advance inclusion and invisibility in federal data um so a couple more examples is with the tsa they're going to implement gender neutral screening at the checkpoints with changes in imaging technology reduce the number of pat down screenings remove gender id from checkpoint screenings and they're going to update the TSA, TSA pre-check to include the X gender marker on its application, which is something we talked about um, in the past about the X gender marker and like, how, well, how does that play out, you know? Um, and then the Department of Health and Human Services has released a new website that offers resources for transgender and LGBTQI youth, their parents and providers. And then other agencies are going to start announcing new actions to expand uh, the collection and use of sexual orientation and gender identity data, the White House said. So that's a lot, you know, even though it's targeted in certain areas. But um, first off, did you see, you said you did not see the president's speech at all? 
because I run a nonprofit, I'm the ED, I get email from the White House. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, my God, I'm special. It is literally <laughs> they do that to some people who are on, you know, mm-hmm. however they got my email. Um, right. Because we we have been a part of the White House LGBT caucus. Like they when they're doing something to organize and do stuff like this, they contact us to kind of give them feedback on like, is this is, is this going in the right direction? So they contact and us. I mean lgbt leaders so not me like oh my god they they contact my organization i am not mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm on mm-hmm. a, i'm a i'm on a list of organizations that they contact that says you know are we going in the right direction they're just general things about either asking questions or, or asking feedback on stuff or they're sharing us what they're doing next so that's mm-hmm. how i keep up with the white house i don't really mm-hmm. watch their little stuff no, I get that. I get that. Actually, no, I watch political shows or listen to political shows during the day. So that's actually more of the context. And so it just they kind of interrupted with Biden. And uh, so but my, my question for you and for folks is like, yeah, how does, does it fit with the current climate? You know, does it feel validating to have like, how do you feel about the president doing that? Like symbol symbolism versus like, how does this free us? in this moment um, as black people who are trans, as black people who are queer. Um, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I think, cause you know, again, like the, he made this speech. He said, hey, trans people, I see you. I wanna celebrate trans day, transgender day of visibility. I wanna call out the BS legislation that's happening around the country. And you know, you are valid, you're Americans, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're if you believe in the system i believe you're a part of it basically <laughs> you know and so uh you know and then also they offer some tangibles with the tsa implementations happening and starting to happen on april 11 but uh yeah like yeah what are your thoughts because you know like i said for me it's it's i think it's great and i found myself actually as a skeptical kind of wary Exenio being like, oh, I'm a little touched that the president in the midst of all this is like, hey, you know, but also as someone who's like, I don't believe in this settler colony situation mm-hmm. anyway, and, you know, don't want to uphold it, but also, bye, 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 you know, a little bit of, you know, a little push and pull. I'm always somebody that wants more. I think these um, attempts to make our lives more comfortable are beautiful and amazing. I I enjoy them. I enjoy the attempts. It's much better than banning us from the military and trying to not get push us out of HUD housing and, you know, what all the shit that we have been going through for the past um, four years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to say, I appreciate this new refreshing way of at least we're trying to do something. It may not go far enough, but I'm one of them people that feel like I'm going to always be like, I want more. Like if they do something amazing, I'm going to be like, I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. have, we need to make up for what we have lost in, in for decades. And so we are trying to equalize, not really equalize. Um, we're trying to be equitable in right. our strategy, right. in our strategy um, to help 
marginalized people. So if, as a black person, as a trans person, as a woman, I want more. I want more in depth um, ways mm. to help us um, balance this this fucking bullshit out. And mm-hmm. so, yes, these these small things are for me, they're small. They may be big to somebody else. But these small mm-hmm. things are indication enough that we are going in the right direction. I just want to be very clear that I want more. Um, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a person where my gender market stuff doesn't really affect me because everything has been changed over to the identity that is affirming to me. So, you know, I, I get to navigate the world with my right identity and, and my right name, marker, everything matching what I feel it should say. And right. I'm comfortable. And so I don't really have a um an issue in that department. Do I have an issue with um TSA and, and stuff like that? I not all the time, but like I said, I do get some weird little moments happening when I am Same. getting scanned. Same when I am getting scanned, and that does make my travel that gives me a very, very little bit of anxiety when I am traveling. Um, very, very little. It's not something that really wears wears me out unless it's just a person that's being an uh, individual that's being kind of extra. But I mm-hmm. haven't had one of those experiences in a long time and about probably like two, three years pre 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 pandemic. Um, OK. And so but I didn't know why. I, I really didn't know why the whole thing happened, but my brother who worked for TSA, he gave me a little bit more insight. It is because the scanners, when they know you're coming through, they're pressing a button to for the for the scanner to based on gender. Based on gender, yes, so based on what I they see. think. So what happened is the person on the opposite side of the scanner when you're walking through it. If they assume by looking at you that you are a woman, they click the button that says this is a female. And when you do raise your arms up and spread your legs, if they see what they call an anomaly between your legs, which is out of the whatever is out of the norm of what a female body should be in range, Uh that's when they have to search you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's. Same. I mean, same on my, like, you know, they're like, oh, and I'm like, you ain't gonna find it, but I, you know, like, like yeah. And you know, like, why? Yeah. And as trans people, you know, as yeah. a trans woman, we tuck or if we're trying to be comfortable, sometimes we might not tuck or whatever, mm-hmm. however that goes. And mm-hmm. as a trans man, trans men wear packers or sometimes yep. when they're trying to be comfortable, they might not have a packer on and it, the, and so when they scanned as a boy and they see some things that are not that's not supposed to be there or it's looking or, like, an image. like where is the thing because that's that's yes been, that's been my situation where they're like all right you know um what are you, you must be hiding something right that's blocking us from seeing what we want to see what we expect to see right you can look this up it'll be like a yellow a yellow spot around your groin and so they have oh. to test you you know if you the the picture that they see that makes them choose if you need to be padded down like you need to search it'll yeah. be it, if it was metal it'll be red but okay. if it, because it's just an anomaly it'll be it's yellow. yellow it's okay. yellow and so they gotta pat you down and check and so huh. some, like i said as a trans woman uh, when i travel a pre-op trans woman 
sometimes I'm not trying to be on that motherfucking plane all gaffed and tucked because I'm right. sitting in a plane for hours. I don't want to be that. So what I purposely do is wear dresses that are big and you don't have, you get what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. have to be all, I have some panties on that just kind of is, you know, keeping mm-hmm. me, I ain't dangling around. <laughs> just keeping <laughs> me together. Mm-hmm. And so, but the scanner is kicking mm-hmm. it up. So there is a discomfort there. And so I don't, you know, as somebody who thinks all of this bullshit is kind of annoying, the, you know, the stuff that they started implementing after 9-11, <sighs> When we was close to 9-11, it was like, okay, I get it. But now right. further back, right. it just feels more and more just like annoying. Arbitrary. So, uh, mm-hmm. Arbitrary, yes. So mm-hmm. there is a discomfort there that I'm glad that they're doing a more gender neutral scan. That would be beautiful. Um, yeah. What else? Like, I just, I think implementing any kind of rules that is making it safer for trans people to travel, safer for trans, for trans people to be, go to work and be at home and have places to stay and all the serious stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's going in the right direction, but I'm going to always ask for more. Definitely, definitely, definitely. It'd be interesting, too, to see what they do with uh, with these Department of Health when they when they come out with their uh suggestions or changes i wonder if there will be stuff around uh aging um and adults and not uh focus uh exclusively on young people which is we need to focus on young people but we also need to focus on adults and uh as we talked about in the past in terms of folks getting older having services for trans folks as we age so yeah it'd be interesting to see what they say again like how does it free us you know, it feels sometimes it feels a little trickle down. I mean, it's always going to be trickle down when it's when it's when it's uh, when we're dealing with that level, um, even though these are some good changes. Uh, anyway. OK, mm-hmm. that's exciting. You know, well, let us know what you all think about these changes. Did you catch the um, address by President Biden talking about trans folks? It, like I said, it, it melted my heart for oh. a second to be like, oh, this old white man who's the president of the settler colony said, I see you trans person right now. But then I was like, back to reality. But anyway, let us know <laughs> what you think. Did you catch the address? Do you know about these changes with TSA? Um, how do you feel about that? Um, especially if you have an X on your gender marker, let us know like what that means for you or like how you feel about that. If you have traveled, what this means for the future. And uh, yeah, let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. All right, so y'all know I am a documentary, thriller, horror film type of motherfucker. Those are things that I like, I love. Um, you know, I love, I'm, I probably have watched every documentary <laughs> on HBO and Netflix. I probably, even if I'm, Seriously? it seems like, yes, I really, I am a doc, I love documentaries. I love, um, I don't know. It just gives you documentaries for me, gives me a window into a world that I, I'll never experience. Like it just, mm. you know, like if you see a documentary on somebody, I don't know, just any documentaries out there, always storytelling and telling me about something that I know. Mm. I'm like, oh, wow. I never thought about this world. What'd you about to say? I was going to ask, have you heard about Canopy? 
you have Canopy? Canopy with a K. Canopy is you get access to documentaries, films, old school like uh, industrial films on like how to do a thing. And it's free through a lot of public libraries. So like I'm, oh. I can get it for free through the Seattle Public Library. I get free access to Canopy. You get five watches for free a month. And then they also have, there's some other uh, like streaming services that are available, but Canopy, like doc, and they have a big section on LGBTQ folks. They have a whole section on black arts movement era stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty dope, but yeah, it's a uh, canopy with a K, but mm. yeah, for a documentary head, it's, 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 it's a pretty dope uh, collection of stuff. So, uh, Janicia, um, Jay from um, Tiwa Queen and Jay, she, we were on a panel together. She was um, curating a panel where we were talking about some, I don't know what the film was called, but it was about, um, it had like domestic violence themes and it's an old, old film. The film was kind of fire, like in regards to us, it's old. So, you know, there were some problematic things, but it was talking about mm. relationships and gender norms and all that kind of stuff. And we, mm. to, in order to see the film, we had to um, sign up for a free trial for this mm. film. And is it Centurion? I don't know. Centurion? Oh, Criterion. 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 Yes. Yes. A lot of that stuff's on canopy. Yes. So, so criteria. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I'm one of them ass, ass dumb fucking people who you forgot. I forgot to fucking <laughs> be like that, honey. Unsubscribe. So they charge me a hundred fucking dollars, and I blame Janicia. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> they charge me a hundred fucking dollars for a year subscription. But I was like, damn. It's fire. It's, I it's fire though. But it is fire. So I started, I've been enjoying it. I and I set an alarm on my calendar. <laughs> on my calendar on my phone. Honey, I know that's your right. subscription is over in July. So June, you need to cancel that subscription. So they're taking another hundred dollars from you. Okay. <laughs> you said give myself the heads up. Give me the heads up because I have been enjoying some of the um, films on there and you know yeah it's just some of the stuff is nostalgic some of it is learning experience so like anyway oh. um just any of like the old lgbt stuff that you that you don't really think about um old black stuff that you don't really think about it's just it's just a lot of stuff on there but i don't want to promote them because you know they're not yeah, yeah, parts of yeah. shit yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. <laughs> anyway. And it's $100. It's, no, it's a, you know, it, it was good for me. It was cool. But what I why I say all of that is I usually do not sit and watch, like, comedy specials. If I watch a comedy special, oh. it is somebody who I definitely love, 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 love. And my, my favorite comedy special to watch used to be Dave Chappelle, but now yeah, he's on his transphobic <laughs> shit, so I'm like, yo, let me get the fuck. I, they, I don't really like nobody now. Um, he's committed to, so it's like, yeah, he, and damn, yeah, he's doubling down. He's, it, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like you touched on it, and then we Hell said, yeah. nah, and you, you had some room. You had up. some room. He had all the room. All the room. Just slide on back into the bushes like Homer Simpson, and was like, yeah. nah. Yeah, so so I can't watch him. Yeah. So it's not too many 
you know, it's not too many comedy specials. I'm just going to be like, ooh, I'm going to watch this comedy special. But (laughs) (laughs) because like, I don't even like, I don't even fuck with comedy movies too much. Now, some certain comedy movies I like, like, um, like one of my classic comedy movies that I love is like super bad. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, comedies like yeah, that. Yeah, it yeah. Is, it's just something that I really, really fucking love. But I'm not just going to be sitting up watching a comedy movie. I'm probably just not. That's just not really what's going to be my option. Usually when uh, I watch stuff, I just somebody introduces to me. I'm over their house or I'm they say, oh, you need to watch this. And and then I really yeah, like it. But I'm yeah. not going to choose to watch it. It's not going to be my choice of watching. If I'm going to choose something, it's going to be something like The Crown. <laughs> something like um Bridgerton, some documentary uh-uh. do- doc- <laughs> like the or, crown. <laughs> yes, something documentary like um, you know, in my mother's garden, some black ass documentary about about yeah. you know, about some black person, black history, something. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose something that. black. <laughs> yeah. So recently I heard about a comedy special called Rothaniel by Gerard Carmichael. And um, I, I heard about, I heard initially that he was he came out in the special. So I was like, oh, let me watch it. Um, but I kind of been kind of bu- bull swankling. <laughs> what, what is bull swankling? <laughs> yeah, just just bullshitting and um, not doing <laughs> not doing nothing. Bull swankling. What, wait, where, what is it? Where is that? What is that from? What is that? From? Is that from Mississippi? <laughs> oh man, my people, my people. <laughs> Bull swanking. I'm Bull swanking around. Oh my goodness. Bull swanking around. <laughs> and I kind of haven't been. I I wasn't pressed to watch it because it it I just wasn't pressed to watch it. It just something. So I sat down and watched right. it recently. Um, I I, I hear great reviews. I saw. Um, Brianna Jenkins talking about it on her Twitter and she was really liking it. And I was like, oh, I can't, I'm mm. going to watch it. I'm going to sit down and watch it. So I really sat down and watched it and it is really good. Like it is, it is really, yes. It reminds me, it started off like it, first of all, it's directed by, um, Bo Durham. I think it's like Dunham or Durham. I can't remember his mm. Bo, but he, he has a beautiful way of directing things and it looked like a film, like you're watching a film. Wow. And so that's what it looks like. <laughs> so watching it is beautifully shot. And he is, you know, sharing his experience with his family. And, you know, just his family, his dad being a Rolling Stone, his grandfather being a Rolling Stone, grandfather's being a Rolling Stone. And, you know, having 23 kids and 23 outside of marriage and and just it's just a bunch of just a bunch of, you know, stuff like that. But then it turns into over after he gets the, the, you know, the typical jokes out the way and blah, blah, blah. It turns into this moment where he's just thinking about where he's talking about his family and their response to him coming out. And what he needs from them, and how he wished they would have responded. Uh, you know, there are some people that responded positively, mm. some people responded um, kind of nonchalantly, some negative, and you know, some 
because of religion, a mix. accepted yeah. a mix, of, a mixed bag of stuff. And he just responding on how each everybody, how he wanted them to respond. What if they would have did this? What he thought they had, how they was going to respond. And in the mm. midst of this, some of the audience members were shouting out questions. Oh, wow. And he was, wow. res- it just turned into a, like a moment, a conversation instead of it uh. just being a typical special. It was, that was just about jokes. It yeah. turned into a conversation between him and the audience. Wow. And he was answered. And this like, is on Netflix? This is on um, HBO Max. Oh, HBO Max. Okay. Yes. Okay. And it was beautiful. It reminded me of, without the audience participation, because they were loudly and like screaming out questions and he was responding to it. So by the end, it wasn't even a... yeah it was took a whole different format i'm literally thinking out my thoughts to y'all and y'all are responding to them it remind me of nanette have you seen nanette no so nanette nanette is by um hannah gatsby she's a white lesbian and she's a comedian and they oh okay i think i've heard uh them and the yeah okay yeah so she so she's she was on stage and she was doing her typical um her typical comedy like just the typical stand-up comedy and it was funny and then it just takes a turn where she is talking about Growing up in what is it, New Zealand, or I can't remember exactly where she's mm-hmm. from. Somewhere out like of Austra- Australia, Australia, yeah, like Australia that. or something like that. Maybe Tasmania <laughs> or something. I can't remember. Um, but somewhere in that area, Australia, New Zealand, Tasmania, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And um, and she's just talking about how you know, just how it just just wasn't a. She was talking about misogyny, patriarchy, homophobia, and it just turn. It takes a turn but the best kind of turn where it's not Mm. jokes anymore. It's her critique of the world around her. And it just turns into a beautiful public conversation. Uh, You get what I'm saying? It just was like, wow, I've never seen a a special turn in this way. Now, was she throwing jokes in there? Yeah, there were some funny things happening, but you can tell that it was, this is my critique to the world. Yeah. And it's powerful. And that is what was happening with, Gerard Carmichael in his special, yeah. it turned into, it started off a, as a funny ass fucking bit. It was, he was making jokes about his dad and how they were cheating and, um, you know, just a bunch of, <laughs> just a bunch of funny, it just was a good stand up special. And then it turned into a, a even better mm. conversation between him and the audience about how he is feeling about being gay and how he's feeling about coming out and people's responses to him coming out and yeah. it was just a really really powerful conversation wow um, wow and hmm. you know i think people should watch it and i think it's beautiful so what i wanted to mm. ask you is because we are from a certain generation um mm-hmm. we have seen a lot of public coming out and yeah. coming out in 2022 on a on yeah. an hbo special is very very different than all the things that we have experienced when it comes to coming out and being publicly gay and being publicly queer. And so I wanted to kind of have that kind of conversation. What are some of the shifts that you've seen that you've seen happen? And what are some of the um, 
things that are still remain the same in regards to this conversation of coming out. Um, yeah, and I know, mm. you know, recently everybody is woke and give think pieces when it's like National Coming Out Day. Oh, <laughs> right. We just right. need to rethink the conversation <laughs> about coming out and, you know, d- deep woke, uh, <laughs> you know, um, cerebral conversations about coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, but coming out is coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, publicly declaring your truth. Regardless of, you know, whatever it is, publicly declaring your truth and who you are and not hiding it is still a thing. And yeah, so absolutely. Tell me what's your thoughts? What what were your thoughts growing up when people would come out? Give me some examples. And what's your mm. thought about now in this shift culturally? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I didn't you know, I didn't really learn about people coming out until maybe I was maybe like. Like in the formal sense, like I knew gay people, but didn't know I knew gay people or I knew I had connections with folks on an energy level that were queer and trans and did not know it at the time uh, growing up. But uh, probably around the time I got to high school was really when I was a little bit had more awareness around people like formally, quote unquote, coming out as like Mm -hmm. an action that you take uh, in the world for visibility slash comfortability slash peace of mind those things um but i will say initially based off how you know this is uh i came out in 98 so a little bit before will and grace i think that's around the time with matthew shepherd situation happened yeah he was murdered and so coming out around that time when i came out to my mom and she was like i'm not trying to have any of this so i was in community we talked about like i was in the bars i was Gay youth Milwaukee. I was in these, you know, what before you had like all the stuff you have now, but like, and you know, I was just out here, but coming out seemed like a, it was becoming a formal conversation by white people, basically, is what I'm saying, versus uh, it, it became more of a formal conversation because of the heightened situation and conversation around gay people at that time. And that definitely was one of the first ways i heard about the phrase coming out like what that meant to come out i just was like out around i just was in community with other queer and trans people i didn't really think about quote unquote coming out to anybody you know Mm -hmm. i just figured i really was only out to other people i knew who were in the community when i was in high school until i got to college i remember going to the uh in 2001 going to the lgbt center and they had this pamphlet on coming out I think by HRC, by Human Rights Campaign. And I remember distinctly being like, a lot of this does not apply to me. Like, you know, on a pamphlet, because it was it was almost kind of like a, you know, it was like, you know, if you this means this if you come out and people react this way. It just almost was like a prescription that really was only applicable probably to white middle class people, right? Mm-hmm. And their governance structure, how their communities interact, which was not the community. I came up in chocolate, a chocolate city environment. So that's not applicable. What white governance structure, social, well, the social structure, how, you know, what that means in that community is, does not necessarily translate. So a lot of some of my first uh, thoughts around coming out was seeing this kind of, uh, because it was like a formal structural thing to do, like I said, especially with the heightened conversation around gay people after Matthew Shepard's murder, 
And that's around the time I think Will and Grace first came out. So it was just like a lot of talk about gay stuff at that time. And um, yeah, and Ellen came out not too earlier, not too much earlier than that. So during that kind of 96, 97, 98 time, it, you start hearing more conversations about gay people. But because it's the early conversations, a lot of them are featuring a lot of white people <laughs> with stability and in, 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 in middle class and up. And so that definitely influenced how I first really even thought about what it meant to come out initially, because again, it wasn't even something that was, that came across my mind because when I first quote unquote came out, I just really went into community, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So I, I also, I get what you're saying, but I also get that sometimes coming out means the people who you would hide it from. So yes, you may have oh, went sure. into community, but coming out could be, you know, like when did you tell your mother for the first time? When did you well, sit yeah, down yeah. and have a conversation with your mom? Like in well, that yeah. moment, that is, yeah, I, I mean, that's what to, happened. That's what I happened. I, I told my mama, mm -hmm. she was like, I'm not trying to hear that. And so I didn't tell any, like, I didn't really even tell a lot of my friends until I went to college. Like I was like, all right. Because because of the, the hyper, uh, the way that my mom was like, I don't want you to be gay. I don't want you wearing boys clothes. I don't want you dressing. So she was very aggressive around my gender expression. Right. So that also was a part of my thing of like, I'm just going to go be with my people and try to get out of here. <laughs> you know, it's you know freedom. <laughs> you know, and not be around because this seems too stressful because you told me somebody saw me and you thought I dressed like a boy. And so I had to go. So that that was definitely a part of my personally while I, I why I navigated that way. And also back then, you know, people what I saw in community was people weren't really out. They were just out to other people in community, maybe some family members. And a part of the reason I did want to leave Milwaukee at the time, because I said, this shit seems stressful. I don't want to live like this. This ain't too much to shit. This is too much shit to manage. You know, you know what I mean? I got to think about you over here, this person over here. I can be comfortable and let my guard down and be out over here, but I can't be out over there because I might run into somebody over here because Milwaukee's very towny. And this was what, 20 something years ago. So, you know, I was like, I got to go, you know. Mm. And once I went to Madison, I had, you know, more space to be myself. And through the student environment stuff, I got to be around other black LGBT people around the country. In ways that you know it, it, it just opened up my world in terms of what does it even mean to be out like my you know my cousin was like dude we knew you was gay why don't you say nothing <laughs> you know but I, I had this fear you know because of the situation i had going on at home and i didn't formally come out to the rest of my family until as gay until over a decade after i came out to my mom who said don't tell nobody oh wow because i'm keeping tabs so yeah so let me when I was younger, the, the the analogy that I give people, well, the analogy that I'm thinking now <laughs> is, have you ever seen a cardinal? The bird, a cardinal? Like a yeah. bird? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen one? How many times have you seen one? Ugh. I don't think I've ever seen one live. Maybe I have once. Okay. So I've seen a cardinal and... It's anybody who know what a cardinal is. It's this red bird that um, I've seen a cardinal a lot of times mm -hmm. enough for me to know what it looks like. But it mm -hmm. just doesn't. It's, just, it's not all the time. It's not like a robin. 
or a crow. Mm-hmm. You know, I see crows all the fucking time. Like the black right. crows and those little brown little finches, like those little mm-hmm. brown. I see them all the time. But a cardinal, I've seen it enough to where I know what it is when I see it. Mm-hmm. Or a blue jay. I've right. seen it enough to where I know what it is. And I know it's a different type of bird that doesn't, I don't see all the time. So much so that when I see a cardinal, I make a wish. Like it's just something I have done when I was, when I was little, just some kid little, not superstition, but I don't know. But when I see a cardinal, I make a wish. And so uh, that's how gay people were in my youth. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would see them. And I knew, based on the response of the adults around me, yes, that these were gay people or queer people, but they they would just pop up randomly in the conversations mm-hmm. or in person. It wouldn't. They were not a part of the society that I lived in. They were, but not what I saw as a kid. So my mm-hmm. mother, when I was little. The first queer person I ever met, I talked about her before, was um, this book. She, a self-proclaimed bull dagger. The first time I ever <laughs> heard that word. Oh, first wow. Time I ever That's heard school. any context of that word or what, what a lesbian, she didn't even call herself a lesbian. She called herself a dyke or a bull dagger. She was like, yeah, motherfuckers know I'm a bull dagger. Or, you know, that's how old school. Yeah, old she school. old school black woman. She had a fucking curl. No, she had a, oh, she was dripping. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, the, so she girl. always had okay. the yellow, the yellow and red curl-free bottle, baby, that you spray. Listen, I'm still traumatized from that era. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever had a Jerry curl. God forbid, you know, when we'll hold on, side note, real quick. I remember like laying on the bus on the window and the kids would make fun of you because you leave a big grease stain. So then I was self, my ass was self-conscious on the school bus and shit. Cause I, you know, I don't want to lay on the lean on the window and leave a uh, yeah. So anyways. my mama would <laughs> uh, my mama would girl. would get my haircut on the side and it'll be an S curl on the top. <laughs> Making uh, me look like uh, Elder Bar. Uh, listen, listen, <laughs> look, my one of my one of my one of my sisters, right? She was putting she was putting the curl in my hair, and she let it stay on too long, and it did something. And it got it, and I burnt up my ear. I still got a little scar. Yeah, like 1987 or something. 1986, still right yes. here, still. From, and then it the, was the one getting you know, the curl. The S curl was kind of the upgrade. It just had you had yeah. the little. Um, it was almost just like a, it was a texturizer, but mm-hmm. it used to be the ones. That you the, Jerry put the rollers, the actual, you know, put uh, the rollers in with the wrapping paper and the little tight little thing. Oh yeah, put oh, all yeah. that. It was the real deal. And so wear the big cap and all. Oh, yeah, my all of that. So anyway, <laughs> so she was one of them kind of bulldoggers. She had the Jerry yes, curl. I she got it. the big um button down men's shirt with the big Come pants. On. She was short and hippie. <laughs> she was. She just was. Um, you get what I'm saying? She always yes. had. Some, she always had some motherfucking um, police academy aviator cop glasses. <laughs> ah, that's some uh, aviator. Uh, she always had the big ass, pretty ass watch that was blinging, and yeah. she always had some motherfucking knobs on. Knobs being Stacey Adams. <laughs> okay. In, in the Midwest, we call them knobs. Uh huh. <laughs> and 
she always has some knobs on, which is like men, like dress shoes. Mm, um, I see it. Was, she was that butch. She was that butch lesbian. She cigarettes? Yes. Down. <laughs> yes. Bet. All of stress, that. Stress skills. Yeah. She it's was a real the stereotypical <laughs> butch bulldogger from the what? 70s and 80s, child. Wow. <laughs> and so... Mm. She wow, um and so that my she was one of my mom's best friends and my mama treated her like her sister. She would come pick me up. She's the first person who I feel acknowledged that she saw my queerness. Wow. She's the first person that um um you get what I'm saying she just is that she's just that but she was that just that bitch in regards to what I think about when I think about lesbians. And so I would mm-hmm. see her but you know, just ba- my mom, you know, my mom got on my mom being who she is. Uh, she's a she is a homophobe. I got to say that she in this time of her life <laughs> she was a homophobe, but mm-hmm. not the she was that kind of homophobe that we know you. I'm not telling you you can't come over my house. Uh-huh. I'm not telling you just I'm not being mean friend. to you. But uh, I don't condone that shit. I don't think that's right. I don't think being gay is right. But I'm not gonna not be cool with you. I'm not gonna not. Um, that's the that old school. Yeah. That mm-hmm. yeah. If she's that kind mm-hmm. of. My mom was that kind of um chick who would mm-hmm. uh, who was that kind of homophobe. Where I don't fuck with you. You know that's not right. But it is what it is. What's up, bitch? We could, we about to go down here and get these food stamps. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, what's he- up? You know, I want to to your point on that. My mom was like not that, but was like that when it came. You know, how people be like, "Oh, they can your parent can be one way with other people and a different way with you." Yeah, because with other people, she was fine with gay people. I was like, I knew plenty of gay people. She was around, you know, peer our peers, you know. But when it came to me personally, she was like, "I'm not here for any of that for a while." <laughs> for a while, that's very confusing sometimes as a child. And that's how my mom was. She yeah. was super. And I want and I want to say anybody that she was mean to, but you know, they would say little stuff in, in conversations that I would hear. Like, oh yeah, he's mm. a faggot. Oh yeah, uh, mm. oh, so that dyke ass bitch get on my nerves. And it's not like they Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. That's the truth. <laughs> that's why that's what yeah, you yeah, know these kind yeah, of yeah. these I kind of conversations, conversations. Yes, with adults where head. you knew yep, whatever yep. this was was a negative about them. Exactly. Yeah. And so I it, I would run into different queer people throughout my youth. It just was this hidden, this hidden that wasn't just close enough for me to relate to. There was a gay club not far from my place where I lived. It was a um it was shit that would pop up that would make the the straight people have conversations. When we think about the the reign, the 1992-93 reign of Michael Jordan, and when he was with the Bulls with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. and right. Dennis Rodman being being all Dennis Rodman, being Dennis Rodman, and 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 Dennis Rodman sparking these conversations on if he was gay or if he wasn't gay, was this just mm-hmm. his gender expression? And they didn't even use that language. Like it's just he's just dressing like this, or you wearing know, the wedding dress, wearing yeah, the makeup, all that shit, the color that hair, sparking. right, right, Prince. Prince. Oh yeah. What well, shoot, shoot. But hold on, Prince and Luther. That's all I'm saying. It's like that, Luther that, too. But look, that that can we can we yes pause for the cause because that shit was definitely I black I love us. 
we're some interesting people because <laughs> because black men will swear before God, especially that era. I don't know about you, no, 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 but he can sing. Or da 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 da, 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 you know, and it just, you know, or if they're in a moment where they're really, oh, don't talk about him right now because I'm feeling, you know, it's it's like, girl, what? What? Okay, all right. Was <laughs> if you all can't right. be openly shit, and I think that's what you, it speaks to what you were talking about of how, um, yes. yep, it almost culturally we were in a position to me, and this is just my own, I, you might, somebody else, like if you live somebody where else other than where I live, you might think differently, but it was, this is how we do it in our culture. You, you can be you, but just not over here. You can be you, just not, um, don't talk oh, wow. about it. Yeah. <laughs> you it, it, you yep. can be like Luther. Motherfuckers talked about Luther probably as gay, but that nigga sang and he kept it in the closet. We don't need to hear about his business behind closed doors. He just need to get on. That's the definitely that, that. That's definitely, listen, that's definitely what I saw from folks who probably today would be in their 60s. Yes. Facts. Now, the folks who are in like Gen X, Gen X, you know, being on the cusp of it, Gen X, Gen X was the folks that it was like, fuck that. So that's what I mean by yeah, it being like yeah. a cardinal. They will pop in sometimes. The conversation will pop in. The conversation will pop up. It would be, you know, a conversation that we will have it be that we will have about different people and it will come up. Then when Ellen comes out in 94 on her show, it was this public conversation <laughs> and black mm -hmm. folks was like, we don't watch that. We don't watch that shit anyway. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it felt like, I didn't feel like Ellen was a part of our culture. We were, we were watching something else. What we were watching, the queer shit that we were watching during that time that I saw that was sparking conversation with us was um comedy shit like um living uh, color. Li color men on films it was mm -hmm. making jokes of queer people and mm -hmm. laughing. Oh, shit, it wasn't they weren't in our culture it didn't feel like there was these serious conversations being had outside of about identity outside of like aids conversation Yep. To me, yep. there, there was yep. AIDS conversation happening. But to me, I as a queer child growing up in the 90s in our culture, we weren't having conversations like Ellen. Yes, no. Oprah might have Ellen on the show and she talked to her. But outside Oprah, the talk shows, right. Yeah. It was it like, yeah, comedy and talk Ricky Late. Yes. Ricky Late might have it. Jerry Springer might have it. Um, Jenny Jones. Remember Maureen. that? Maureen. Maury, remember oh, yeah, Jenny Jenny Jones Jones. had that dude kill that girl or kill that person? Not that girl. Okay, somebody like got killed based oh, off yeah. revealing a crush yeah. on Jenny Jones. Yeah. So it see, yeah. and it and in the yeah, conversation I that. that I was having, not having, but hearing amongst mm -hmm. our folks, they were like, see, this is why you don't tell exactly, exactly. See, exactly. This is what can happen to you. If it's it was a fear thing, you don't put this shit out here because if you out there doing it, you don't put it out there. You can be whatever you want to be. It don't need to be public. Um, you can, but if you out there doing it, you know that AIDS is out there. Blah 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 blah. Um, 
you know, and of course it's been that conversations about studs and lesbians and, you know, I mean, wanting oh, to be a mm, man. Mm, that kind of battle mm, between cisgender and um, masculine lesbians. You, I heard mas- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say to your point about just like the era, like, oh man, I didn't mean to do that. Um, you know, like Whitney Houston situation. You know, when the Houston situation was set up with her mom and just like just the pushback and like that kind of energy. So I, was, I, I was didn't hear that. about Whitney's queerness until not I'd heard about it before Robin came out with it. But yeah. I but it was just kind of a whisper. But not you didn't even, even hear the whisper? whisper. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear about Whitney's queerness because her and Bobby's relationship was so. Mm. shocking everybody was like how could she whitney with this fucking thug like you had Mm. that bad boy image and she had that pristine good girl image so it was more about that the lesbian conversation with whitney it it just didn't come up it came Mm. up years later i i I got some hints about robin Mm -hmm. but it wasn't solidified until robin came out and said it there was some hints Mm. that was like oh was mm-hmm. they just friends? And then me being a person who knows, who have seen situations where a cisgender woman was friends with a more masculine type woman, right. and it was just rumored that they were having, and they really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I kind of felt early on when the Whitney situation started. To ha- when I would hear hints of Whitney being queer, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's actually true. That could just be the straight people being the straight people assuming mm-hmm. everybody gay just because they friends with people. But mm-hmm. then when Robin came out, it was like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I definitely could. I, I don't know. I could sense. It's one of, you know, you as a you have connections with even with celebrity, you know, you kind of sense things. Uh-huh. I think because of the policing and the res- that respectability era generation of folk of like working class people, not even talking about middle class people. I'm just saying that era of respectability pre-World War II up north black people. Yeah. That I saw with Whitney, and even felt as a young person could feel that kind of thing. Like, and then did later, you know, did you ever see Robin when you were? Did you ever see her, or how did you no, get that vibe? I got the vibe. One, I got the vibe from Whitney because she, I could tell she looked uncomfortable in certain ways, and could t- could see where she looked more comfortable that I could relate to. I think, but then two, I started to hear chatter like in high school. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I kind of I think I heard adult chatter, maybe in new school. But I think by the time I got to high school, I definitely heard more chatter. Definitely about her, uh, Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah. Folks Queen Latifah people was in. obvious, way more yeah. obvious than yeah. Whitney. But I mean, Whitney, Whitney, Whitney to me was giving like. And we talked, I think I mentioned we talked about this a little bit before, where it was like kind of growing up it was like these are roles that you have to play because girls are forced to play roles period no matter mm-hmm. if you sis or you trans if you're trans and you transition later right so it's like oh okay i know i gotta play this role put this on and put take this off um i learned recently, i didn't get queerness from yeah, it. i got yeah, i got, I got hood good I, for me i got hood girl trying to be pop princess i got I, mm-hmm. it, that, that that when she weirdness. looked comfortable she looked gay to me so that, i think that's what it was oh. you know and when she in her downtime 
when you caught any pictures of Whitney in her downtime, it was like, oh, because this gotcha. is familiar. I, her body, you know, you can kind of see the body language mm. and things, certain things that just look familiar. And also there are certain ways, I don't know about yourself, where it was like, there were certain things I did that may, that I'm doing because I have to do this because it's quote unquote ladylike, but you can kind of tell that it's like a forced thing. And I felt with, with Whitney that I definitely got that energy with her a lot and i think that's yeah. why it, it stood out to me because you know because that's kind of what was, it was it, you know church and all that kind of stuff yeah. like it, it it was like a lot of familiar stuff for me i think because of growing up in church around that yeah. church culture stuff it was like okay this is standing yeah, out yeah see i it yeah. translated it didn't translate to queerness for my body from in my, my body and my mind it translated to i'm a hood girl trying to not be a hood girl is mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, it, I didn't get the queerness at first, but I'm glad you brought up Queen Latifah because it's a bunch of girls that came out pre Little Kim that had that kind of vibe. You know, even MC Light, even Queen Latifah, even um, Lady of Rage, Lady of Rage. You um, know, Queen Pen, Queen Pen, all of that. Even even if if you think about, mm -hmm. um, there was a hardness towards Oh, Bahamadia. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, she out now. And then, then when we think about Michelle Indiocello, mm -hmm. like she was mm -hmm. always out. She's been fucking, mm -hmm. fucking getting Grammys like crazy. She's been mm -hmm. working in the industry, but she, she's always been like this enigma that's been a part of the culture. We see her bald head, chocolate yeah. self. We see her. We see that. We know that this is a masculine lesbian. We know she gay, but mm -hmm. she's never invited to the BET Awards. She's never, we never mm -hmm. see her in the cishet circles of what is uh, black stuff. Yeah, a black celebrity stuff. I mean, they yeah. they get they catch her in the Grammys to catch her, you know, kind of like um Rochelle Sometimes. Pharrell. I mean, I mean Rochelle Pharrell. I don't know if she's queer, but she gives me queer energy. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like similarly of like kind of in like that jazz world kind of, you know, yeah. But yeah, her and uh, 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 Dion Ferris. Yeah, Dion so, Ferris, definitely. You know, definitely. Definitely. So I don't know, but. And that's what it is. It was always, <laughs> in the, it was always these kind of mysterious anomalies that were kind of out here where we knew that they were gay but nobody yeah. really talked about it we kind of prefer mm -hmm. to talk about their genius and that that kind of stuff but to your point for 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 myself being where in, in milwaukee i was like i got to go because of that because of what you just said of like these kind of enigma, enigma, enigmas and like folks kind of being wherever those folks had to get away from where they were from. That was the message. So where did you in. go that was free? Where I went that was freer was Madison. Uh -huh. mm. When I went to UW-Madison. So when I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, it opened up so many different doors through statewide student organizing. They have like a LGBT issues committee. And then with U.S. student organizers around the country, they had caucuses within the U.S. Student Association at that time. So you had the People African Descent Caucus, the National Queer Student Coalition, the National Queer Student of Color Caucus. So for the first time at like 18, 19 years old, I'm in these spaces. Everybody in the room is black and most of us are going to predominantly white schools. And that is, you know, and all trying to organize, take over these student governments, get the money for the BSUs, get the money for this, da-da-da. 
recruitment retention, blah, 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 queer students of color. We used to do stuff for, we started our shit around queer students of color at UW-Madison. We used to have them meetings in, in, in private. We used to have to like have special, you know, calls and shit because people weren't out in mm. 2002. People weren't out on campus. Like a lot of the grad students, the black grad students would be out and say, oh man, I'm so glad we got this because they weren't out in their undergrad. But in terms of undergraduates, in 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Oh, shit. I was one of the few folks out. People just weren't out, you know, because mm. it's like you at this white institution. I'm going to be with the Black Student Union. I'm going to be with the LGBT, the white LGBT people. I'm going to be with these people. And, and so, but that was the impetus to have stuff for queer students of color because we are like, fuck all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we're going to work with the with the Black Student Union students of color and say, how do we be more inclusive so we're representing all Black people? And then we're going to tell the white LGBT folks to give us money. We're going to do our thing. And that's, <laughs> and that's how we got down. But yeah, it, I, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a safe place to be out. So it still was on the low. I guess it's yeah, my point. At a, uh, I went to a Black school around that time. So I won't say that it was nobody out, you because I was there, motherfucker. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. there was there was um there was obviously queer people that I wouldn't say that they were trying to hide it, but they were minimizing themselves. It wasn't a pride in it. It was bitch, you know what it is, but right. we can't talk about it. Um right. Because people will come up to me in school and be like, motherfucker, you like the queer ambassador. Because <laughs> you really just be <laughs> out here, really, you know, I am trans. And it was a thing for people. People really would. And for me, coming from where I came from, and it wasn't, Indianapolis wasn't a big town, but it was a big ass queer community where generation like i could i can see generations of people i seen the the 40 year old trans uh, queer gay and trans people i seen the 30 year olds i see the 20 year olds and we was in the team so i seen generations yes. of us out yes. here in the street so when i would when i went when i went to the south when i went to jackson state in mississippi it was like non-existent and I, everybody was in that hide mode or if they were out, they're coming out late at night, going to the same club. Right. It wasn't it wasn't like a whole public thing and definitely wasn't in school. But people literally was coming to the school to see me like uh, that's that's what I was. And it was strange to me like they were coming right. to school, people and queer people in the city who didn't go to the school were literally coming to my campus to meet me because they heard about me being this open trans. I heard about you. So it's strange. It, it it was so strange, 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 strange for me because I didn't understand it, but they, mm -hmm. I totally understand. They weren't, it wasn't out in the sense of that mm -hmm. in, in, the, in, in, in college that I was in. And so yeah. I don't know. I just felt, I'm trying to think of when, and then around that time that you're discussing, we had the um, the JL King shit start to happen. It started to be this demonization of DL men because, of course, the narrative was, right, you know, y'all in the closet, right, y'all. Even though the culture is telling gay men, gay people, 
don't come out. Don't tell. They've been right. telling us since Luther. Don't just do. do you know, we don't need to know your business. But now that y'all demonizing AIDS and demonizing, you know, those type of things. Now it's like, okay. Now it's like, oh, y'all right. need to be honest. Y'all need to be out. Y'all need to be this because now y'all giving mean, folks AIDS and da 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 da. And then all what you had on top of that, all the the TV show, the talk shows, and it just you know, Oprah, <laughs> like it just, it just that that took it to a whole nother level too. Yeah, it was interesting. Oh, I can't hear you, Oprah. Yeah, Oprah was doing it more on a classy, serious level. It still was kind of sensational a little bit, but at yeah. least she was she was having kind of a serious because it's Oprah, so she's gonna be on some classy shit. But even her, like I remember that interview she did with Dennis Robin, she just kept on asking, So are you gay? Are you bisexual? <laughs> like she kept on, so are you bisexual? So do you think about being with men? Do you do she just kept on pressing the issue about when he's literally saying no, but he's right. also literally saying, you know, um, if anybody say they ain't thought about it, I think they're lying. He was like, I've thought about it. In order for me to say I'm not into it, I have to have thought about it. And it's not me. It's not what I'm, I haven't acted right. on it. And so she right. was like, so are you bisexual? But if uh, she just goes on and on. But then right. we have the flip side of it where it's the jokes. It's the um, it's the fighting and the, you know, we got the Jerry Springers and the, mm -hmm. um, you know, shit like that. So Jenny, the Jerry Springer, Jenny Jones. Yeah. Man, um, that was a whole era. Rolanda. It really was a whole era. And then. Michael Bay. <laughs> and then, okay, then we start to get the L words and the um early 2000s and the qu queerest folk, folk. Mm -hmm. queerest folk the L words and it starts to shift things start to shift but coming out as a black person I don't know it just felt like I don't I don't have a a, a set thing in my memory of a black person coming out mm -hmm. no no not not during not during that time. And, uh, and a lot of the, I used to like be a little mini archivist, right? I used to have mm -hmm. this big crack is whack, drugs are whack. Somebody <laughs> stole my stuff. Family members told my story. But anyway, <laughs> I used to have this big box of VHS tapes. I used to tape everything. I used to tape, I had all on tape, all this coverage around Matthew Shepard at the time, different debates on CNN, Jerry Farwell, the head of HRC, anything LGBT, especially black LGBT. And there were like comedians and all that. But but these were people who, like I said, like you said, where did you go? Well, the closest place, my plan wasn't to go to Madison. I didn't even want to go to Madison. Anyway, go to Madison, do that. It's kind of a political thing. Do my little political thing. I've always been a political policy nerd. And then get out of Wisconsin and go, I thought, West Coast or East Coast or some kind of coast. Because <laughs> that was representation where I was seeing freer Black queer and trans people through what I was getting access to on tv because we had moved from the hood to the middle of nowhere which is all a long story we were still in the city so i was now having more time in front of the television i didn't have before now mm -hmm. i'm further out and sitting at home and you know bravo started showing queer movies around that time because they were a newer network uh there used to be comedy specials there's this comedian karen williams she was a black a black lesbian comedian uh on the early like comedy circuit and stuff like that but it was through that in the life that used to come on PBS, it was through those things that I saw the, the current affairs of 
what was going on, like outside of what I knew. Mm. I guess it, it, that's really what I'm saying. Yeah. And told yeah. me, get out, girl. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm and this is coming in my mind, like Marshall Warf Warfield. Come on. That's one of my heroes. Listen, Sorry. so so technically she just came out over the pandemic. That's right. That's right. But I don't know a time that I didn't think Marshall Warfield wasn't gay. Like when, right. like we, like, it's like, like, I didn't know she wasn't out. But you just don't talk about it. Yes. <laughs> and so this is a perfect example. There were people who we kind of yeah. just knew. Listen, hold up. There, listen, growing up, there was a couple, you know, there's gay people from a church. So, you know, sometimes back in the day, you go to somebody's house. It's them and they partner. Nobody says a word. Everybody's cool. They're cool with them and their partner. As long as you don't be like, we're gay. I'm like, how oh, we have to fish? We're at their house eating food. As long as we don't say they're homosexual. As long as we're talking about sex. As long as we're talking about. As long as they don't talk love. about it at church. It's cool that they at church. Let's just not talk about it. At church. Yeah. And then when we go to their house, that's when I came out to my mom. That was part of the reason I'm so confusing. So I'm like, we be at gay people's house eating barbecue. <laughs> I don't find And not just like family and stuff, like through church. You know what I mean? It just was very confusing. But but yeah, of that era, you don't, like you said, you don't remember a time that she was not gay. You never thought she that you did not think she was gay. Same. But like that era, it's like, but if you say you gay, then, you know, yeah. cats out the bag. What kind of weirdness is that? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. It was a couple of people that I was like, oh, like, are we supposed to think that these people are straight? Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Like, were you supposed to think that she's straight? I know she yes, ain't. I, I know there was a time when they officially came out, but. She wasn't even out Hold when, she had, that, when she had that TV show. I don't know, but then it puts us it puts us in a situation where we are making assumptions about people because you could tell me that Arsenio Hall was gay. <laughs> now I know he ain't, he ain't, you know, he's not gay apparently, but like I thought it was quite obvious. Jeffrey Osborne. I thought all the, I just thought that these things Johnny Gill. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Look, listen. It is so okay. it's, it's just it's just we know our people and it just exactly. feels like I don't know, it just got real weird. I don't want to say people I don't know. It I don't it just puts us the way the standard was back then, it just felt like it puts us in a in a position where we were guessing. And now that now what's different now is that they have a chance to bring it back to the area, to, to the conversation. People, I felt watching this show, this documentary, right. it felt like a lackluster moment. Like it's, 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 it's powerful, the conversation. How much has changed in 2022 when you come out? It's not going to affect your career. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. Well, um, it just, do you it think feels if like was, it's a climactic. Do you think if his gender expression was different, it would be different? Because... The thing that makes people think you're a gay is your gender expression. It's not anything else but that. It's the way you do your thing with your hand. It's the way, depending on how masculine or feminine you are, people's perceptions of people, mm -hmm. it's the gender expression that often persists gender gay people that gives it away. Yeah. Right. And I'm wondering for 
if like if his gender expression was Femme. quote unquote suspect <laughs> prior to now, what would that response be? Like if his gender expression was not as masculine or not as you know, but what I'm that's saying? Like, why it was anticlimactic because yeah, he yeah. looks to me exactly as yeah. long as he does he looks like a regular dude he looks, looks like, like a, a regular straight dude. dude yeah yeah but you are the palatable kind of gay that the right. that the that the films and the queens have made it safe for you to be exactly. like you like be you are the type of gay that when we came out the films and the and the, the film boys the the butch dykes that you are the type of gay that they said that they they rather have. Mm-hmm. You are the type of gay that long as you're not running around here in gay clothes, long as you're not running around here in heels and makeup. Yeah, right. No, no nail, kind of nail polish. And all no nail other. polish, no mm-hmm. hair. You mm-hmm. are the type of gay man that they all said, this is what I, if you're going to be gay, be this. Yep. Yeah. You are a boy, a regular boy. Why you got to be all snap fingers gay why can't you just be regular you listen, are the type of gay that they said listen listen I had, a, I had a friend in college who did you know the organizing work black queer woman more feminine than i was at the time um and so she met my mom we weren't dating she had a mr friend she was dating mr friend anyway she was in town she meets my mom and she also was a mac makeup consultant at the time and my mom was like why, if you're going to be a lesbian, why can't why you be can't a lesbian? You be like that? Yeah, like, yeah, why can't you? See, they're, they're ladylike. They wear makeup, you know, so and that's they're a lesbian. What I mean. So what's the problem? <laughs> exactly. So that's what I mean. Like, you are, I get it in your circumstance. I get your feelings on the inside. You still worry about being gay. You still worry about mm-hmm. your family's response. You still mm-hmm. worry about, there might be some, some situation where motherfuckers stop fucking with you. Mm. But honestly, honestly, baby, if if I'm <laughs> going to keep it real, <laughs> it, it is the the people who are out the box of cis normativity yes. that made it safe for you to be able to come out and still have career right now because yep. we pushed the envelope so far that you just look normal, baby. You exactly. just a normal gay motherfucker. Exactly. Because we are we are the one who took the brunt of the negative. And to your point, when you think about uh tongues untied, uh, you think about folks of that era, it wasn't even just explain to them what tongues untied is in case they don't know. Can you explain? Sorry, my, my tongue can't. is tied. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a documentary about black gay men who are cis. That's the general sense. It's one of the first documentaries um check it out um on canopy or criteria wherever you get your documentaries from folks were more masculine right so like even like the the box was even smaller then so like when you talk about like folks have opened this box like even what it means to be like a masculine gay man mostly i'm thinking about cis guys has been expanded has been expanded because it was just there it was even more rigid you know you know um and i would imagine for him when i think about my personal experience and someone's perceived is like cis assumed as like a black gay man sometimes like the erasure i mean the 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 kind of stuff you rub up i've run up against i'm sure he's rubbed up against situations where because there's this assumption 
you know, about that. Like he's in different spaces where there's like the, he's in spaces that you wouldn't be if you were uh, read as gay, where getting, receiving erasure in situations that other folks would not basically receiving. Yeah. Even in the special, the most, what you started to buck up against when people, when you were coming out to people, it was still rooted in racial shit. Like they were, mm-hmm. you like literally a part of a part of the special was about how how black women responded to him dating a white man because he dated oh. white boys, and oh. so it was more about it wasn't about your presentation to the world. It was about who you chose to date. That oh. was the that was what people were like. Oh shit, you dating a white boy? Da 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 da. Yeah, and so it was. A, it was this thing where it was rooted still in racism. It wasn't rooted in how you presented to the world because mm-hmm. you are a palatable gay. You are mm-hmm. the kind of gay that they want everybody to be just a regular masculine gay boy. Like, like that. You just so happen to be gay. Like that's what they like. You, you just a regular nigga. And even in the conversation, um, wow. in, there was a joke in there where he was like, his, his best friend is a cishet man. And he was like, I feel like you tricked me into being best friends with a gay dude, jokingly. <laughs> and he was oh, like, okay. but uh-huh. the reason why you were able to trick him and being best friends with a gay dude is because you just act like a regular boy. Right. And why and why he can still be your friend is because you're acting like a regular boy. If you shifted to the level of where you were visibly gay, your your right. clothes, whatever, you had something that visibly indicated you were gay, they would have to consider that because now I got to be with you in public. Right. That now part. I got to, now I got to, without people clocking me, then it goes into that overlap of being trans and being gay where, you know, can, are you bringing me issues because you're trans and people can tell you're trans? Or are you bringing me issues because you're gay? Not or, but and are you bringing me issues because you're gay? And are people going to think I'm gay because I hang around with you and we best friends? Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. That's that's the one of the overlaps. Gay, yeah, gay by association. Gay by I, association. I, I definitely, uh, yeah. When I was in my college days, uh, dealt with uh, some interesting energy from other people who yeah, did not want to be considered a homosexual, but then we show up to the private events that we would do to support the blacks who are the gays and the transes and things. Uh, and we didn't reject them because that's not how we get down. But yeah, yeah. just throw that out there. That's some real shit. This that's is, real and shit. so you, the reason why I just, I, I, I'm saying all of this to say, mm-hmm. I wish that these motherfuckers who be on this fucking internet talking shit about Film acting gay men or trans women, these masculine gay men. Did he do that? And not him. Not him. Oh, I'm okay. Sorry, I, just to, I was not like, him. oh, no, 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 no. Not, okay. not him. I'm not talking about him. I'm just talking about what I see. I see a lot of masculine gay men on TikTok, on Facebook, oh, on different Lord things. Mm-hmm. Talking sh- and not just them. Sometimes it's film ones too, because that's uh, internalized homophobia gets cracked, get, get whacked. But the ones that's like mask for mask, and you ain't got to be acting like that to be gay. Oh, da, 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 that da. Kind of shit. They, yeah. they talk down on fem people. Yeah. I wanted to be very acknowledged and clear, and I'm saying it right now. 
you would not be able to be as free as you are Actually, if it actually, wasn't yep. fucking for film people pushing the yep. envelope so wide that you can be yep. who the fuck you are. Exactly. I want it to be very clear. It, <laughs> no, it's no us. Right. It is it is is masculine lesbians, feminine boys, trans people who push the envelope so far that you can be your regular yep. cishet norm following motherfucking self mm -hmm. comfortably. Yep. And they accept yep. you because you're not one of them type of gay. The same negative shit that you say oh. is mm -hmm. what the it's what the straight people say. You, yep. you you separate us, but you wouldn't be able to be comfortable if it wasn't for right. us. Acknowledge that shit. shit. Mm -hmm. Period. Where's the collection plate after that <laughs> sermon? Okay. Okay. Because we need a build, we gotta, you know, get together <laughs> that building fund. You just preached the sermon, you were like, let's be very clear. And that and that's facts. That's facts. That's facts. And we shouldn't be disrespected by you. You should be no. rev revering us. We mm -hmm. laid a foundation for you to be comfortable being mass for mass, going to the gym with your boyfriend. Exactly. In your life exactly. without getting bottles thrown at you because we got bottles thrown at us. Exactly. You, exactly. you were the palatable gay and you are now the palatable gay. And so this is mm -hmm. not about um, Gerard, but that's what it made me think about why it was such a moment of anticlimactic situation that I'm right. like, oh, you coming out as gay while not I love this deal. beautiful conversation. But we made it so comfortable for you to be what you are right now, for you to be mm -hmm. able to do it and have a special on HBO and be exactly. all, and have this more, this beautiful, loving response to you coming out. And the only thing people started saying, hey, about is you dating that white boy. <laughs> right. Because. Um, <laughs> Sorry. You know, that's, <laughs> ah, that's sacrilege. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> But all, no right. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, y'all. I hope y'all have seen this comedy special. It is called Roth Annual, and it was really, really nice. Um, it was really good. Watch it. I think the audience was beautiful. I think the response, I think, you know, I just think it's a good little special. So watch it and tell us, come back and tell us what you think and any part of this conversation that you have enjoyed or resonate with, let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Yes, follow us <laughs> on Instagram, Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-I, wait. No, M-A-R-S-H-A, <laughs> it's not, not M-A-R-C-I-A, M-A-R-S-H-A-S, Plate, P-L-A-T-E, not Plate Lit. Yes, no. It, we you can follow us on <laughs> Facebook, Marsha's Play. Marsha, we're named after Marsha P. Johnson. Um, Marsha's Play. Yes. <laughs> so follow us, Facebook, hashtag Instagram, us, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and mm -hmm. let us know what you think. We love hearing from y'all. We retweet y'all tweets. We reshare y'all socials. We do all that kind of social. Thank y'all. Thank y'all, and thanks for showing us love on Transgender Day of Visibility. Um, hey, we and Jay we're queer, we're trans. A carousel, <laughs> yes. Um, um, who else? Um, Equality Texas. It was a bunch of mm. people. Uh, if I didn't name you, um, I feel like we're in award season. I feel like I gotta say, please blame <laughs> it on my, blame it on my, um, my mind, not on my heart. But anybody who <laughs> shouted us out and showed us love. 
And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. And we will see y'all next week. All right. Peace out. Bye, y'all. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright. Baby girl, just wait till the morning comes.